podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Mike Duffy and Ben Aitken. No James Batchelor, unfortunately, this week. Um, and it seems like there was no real Watford players at all this week as well. Uh, we are here to, unfortunately, speak about the 2-1 defeat to Brentford. And then once we've talked about it, that is it. We are binning it. We're never thinking about that performance ever again. As you can see, you can, we, you can see me. Hello. You can see Ben. Um, we are trying to push a more visual approach uh, to Voices of the Vic, unfortunately, because you have to look at me and, and yeah. Um, but yeah, it's still available as a podcast. So whether you choose to watch us or listen to us, uh, we, we're very, very thankful. Ben, how's, uh, how's, how's things been since the last time we spoke? Yeah, things have been all right. Um, went to my mum's 60th birthday party Friday night, um, so I was unable to watch the Watford game, but I had it recorded, so I've, unfortunately I've watched it back. Um, but it, it was a good night, Friday night. Um, and then to Saturday, put out the Christmas tree, which you can see behind me over on my, um, is that my left shoulder or my right shoulder? I'm not too sure. how. <laughs> to your left, mate. <laughs> it's my left, yeah. I, I've never been good with my left and right. You should see me on a roundabout, mate, when I've got a giveaway. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> um, then today um, we took Isla out to look at all the Christmas lights that are up on the street. So that was pretty special as well. But yeah, it's been all right, mate. How have you been? Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've not been bad at all. I mean, I, um, I went out on um, last night. So we're recording this on Sunday evening. So um, my football team won uh, again. So five wins in the league on the bounce, which is brilliant. Um, and it was also our Christmas do. So I don't feel as bad as I did this morning, but I don't feel a hundred percent. So I was surprised yeah. you made it, to be fair, mate. I was expecting <laughs> an effect to say, "Can we record Monday?" <laughs> no, no, I powered through. I thought, right, I need to be in a, I need to be fighting fit for a, for Sunday's podcast. And yeah, it's it's one of those performances where you just like, right, we're going to have to speak about it. Let's do it, and let's let's sort of get it over with. Unfortunately, which. I don't really like because obviously, you know, we like doing these podcasts and, you know, it's just annoying, um, which I'm sure there's reasons that we'll go into. But starting as ever with the uh, with the team moves that was coming out of the Brentford Community Stadium on Friday evening at seven o'clock. Um, three changes to the Watford side. So Hernandez, Kushka and, and Gakia all coming in. Um, ben, we mentioned about Hernandez. You know, coming in, did he deserve to start because of his obviously scored a goal against Man City and um, his performance? You know, we are used to seeing him from the bench, uh, and there, there was that question on: Is he an impact sub? Would you start him? Was you happy to see him starting on Friday night? 
I had no problem with him starting, to be fair, because when he came on against Man City, he did graft and he changed the game a little bit, didn't he? He came in and injected that pace and intensity into the, the team, and that's what we needed to try and get into the game against Manchester City. Um, but um, I weren't worried about him coming into the side because yeah, I know we've said about, is, is he someone who can start from the off or is he a super sub? Um, I, I think he, I thought he would have had the legs for Brentford. I thought he would have gone in with a lot of momentum, actually. I thought he would have carried on his performance, but it's not really the Hernandez I'm, I was really concerned about coming into the side. It was more Kushka. I'm not sure how you, you feel about this, but I felt that just unsettled the whole team and the performance probably speaks about it as well. Um, Kutcher yeah. coming in really unsettled that starting lineup, didn't it? Um, you took Imran Loser out the side, who was that guy who would dictate play. He, he would set the tempo. Um, it was spray balls about. Bit of a technician on the ball. Um, Kushka coming in, who's a big guy, throws himself about a bit, but that's about it. He doesn't really get on the ball. He doesn't calm things down when we need it. And I think we needed that Friday night against Brentford. We need someone to keep hold of possession, more importantly. Um, we struggled to do two or three passes together. So that was a, that was a, um, a change to the starting lineup that I, I didn't enjoy, mate. Yeah, it was it was weird to see uh, Kushka coming in. Whether um, Ranieri was just maybe trying to ruffle a few, rustle a few feathers. Um, I, I don't know. It was a really, really odd one. I thought Loser was perf- would have been perfect in a game like that. Um, and, you know, just to run through the team, it was Backman in goal. Uh, the back four was Ngakia, Trustakong, Kafka and Feminia. Midfield three was Cleverly, Kushka and Sissoko. And then the front three was Hernandez, King and Dennis. Now, um you know, and we had two goalkeepers on the bench, which probably highlights, you know, the injury crisis that we've got going on at the moment. Although I, I still baffles me why they do that and they don't just put one of the young lads on the bench. But uh, hey ho! But um, yeah, the it was it was clear to see sort of early on. You know, it, it, all all in the build up, it was Brentford are missing this player, Brentford are missing that player. They they were missing quite a few key players, and it was well highlighted. You know. Um, we always pop out a tweet, the um, you know just before a game, to to say who's going to be injured for the opponents. Yeah, um, I think I need and... to stop that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, listen, it, it's it's a good way to sort of highlight what we might be coming up against. And obviously, yeah. it, it was yourself that tweeted it. Um, so when I saw the tweet myself, I thought, bloody hell, you know, they've got quite a few key players out. And I was on Twitter Spaces with Charlie Zazera and. Uh, DCW from the from the rookery end, um, and we were. I, I just said, you know, with the players they've got out and the form that they are in, we have to take advantage. I said, if we don't take advantage, it's a massive, massive like opportunity missed, um, and and they're the type of games that we need to be looking at winning, and even more so because of the players they had out. So I just felt like. Um, the the starting eleven put out wasn't the one that I thought was going to get the job done, um, and to be honest, it was a bit of a scrappy game. I mean, it took three minutes for for Brentford to have a, a chance. Backman um, making a good save, he, he tipped it over the bar from and Bueno, um, who, to be honest, he had quite a few chances. If he just ran at his man um, and and just was a little bit more selfish, he probably could have you know bagged a, a couple more goals, but. 
Um, yeah, it, it was one of them games. Like it, from early on, I think we saw that it wasn't going to be the walk in the park that we expected. Is that so you'd agree with them? Yeah, it was a really scrappy game. Um, struggled to get our foot on the ball, didn't we? We struggled to get close to Brentford at times. Um, like you say, in, in Bumo, had, it was a threat. Um, we struggled to keep him quiet and he was having lots of opportunities. Dan Batman made some good saves in the first half to keep us in it, especially the one that Mbumo tried to curl into the top corner and Batman got across really well and got a strong right-hand save on it to push it past the post. But it, the signs were there that Brentford, yes, they was missing a lot of players, they was missing key players, but Brighton were there for a fight and Brighton, uh, Brentford sorry, and Brentford wanted the three points. Look, if we won, we would have brought Brentford into this relegation fight that we see ourselves in ourselves. Um, we would have brought them one point closer to us. Um, now that with the three points they've picked up, they're seven points clear of us. So that's how big of a game it was and how important Brentford needed a three point. And I think they just wanted it more. Um, I know it sounds stupid to say that because obviously we're fighting to stay in the division, but Brentford, with their injury hit squad, um, COVID-ridden, um, suspensions, they just wanted it more, mate. Um, we struggled. It looked like we didn't get off, get off the coach, really. Yeah, it, it was a it was a really weird game. Like you could tell on watching it on TV that the crowd was a bit flat. Or, or, well, the home crowd was a bit flat. The away fans were in brilliant voice. You, you you didn't stop hearing them all night. Probably bar the end, you know, where we really fucked things up. But like maybe last minute went a bit more quiet. But that to be expected. You just saw the back line dropping and dropping, and getting deeper, and it was like then Brentford was coming in confidence, weren't they? They grabbed that goal, and it would just silence the crowd a little bit more. But but did you see all those tweets saying like how fantastic Brentford fans are? Like they only started singing when they equalised, and then you see Gary Lineker and Carragher saying, "Oh, Brentford fans, amazing, amazing." It's like, come on, what's ten minutes worth, mate? I I wanted. <laughs> There was a tweet from Gary Neville, I think it was, or it was the Sky Sports tweeting, uh, and it was when Gary Neville said, like, they really enjoy going to Brentford on nights like these. I think they beat Arsenal the opening game of the season um, when they narrowly lost to Chelsea or uh, whatever. They said, we really enjoy coming to Brentford. And uh, it turns out that Gary Neville actually went into the crowd with the fans when the penalty was being taken just to sort of shake up the atmosphere. And I knew the responses I was going to get and I knew how it would make me look and how it would make me sound. But I just simply had to tweet back to say the loving with Brentford from Sky Sports that night, it was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. It was almost as if, you know, Carragher, he properly slagged us off the other week when talking about Man United, shouldn't be losing to a team like Watford, he said. And then it was clear and evident, you know, they obviously had they wear their suits and the, the, the casual sort of dress code for Friday night football. Um, they obviously had their Brentford socks on underneath all of that. But uh, yeah, mate, the coverage was so one-sided and so biased. It was unreal. They hate but, us. The neutral fans hate us because of what we do with our managers. That's the bottom, yeah, end, oh, end, bottom, that's the bottom line. It's the way we go through managers. But there's a reason why we go through managers. It's, and it's been successful under the pods. Those bar that season, we got relegated. Um, Absolutely. But, Oppositions, they opposition fans and pundits, they just don't get that. There's a, there's a couple that understand it and get it, and hats off to them. And like Simon Jordan on Talksport, he understands what the Pozos are all about, and 
it's football's a business and you need to stay in the Premier League. So you've got to make harsh decisions sometimes because sometimes £100 million at the end of the season to stay in a division, that talks more than um, sentiments to managers if you're going to get relegated and what you, that wage bill as well. you still got to pay for that in the championship. So you can see why the Pozos do it. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying I particularly enjoy it, um, especially when you get attached to managers um, like Javi Gracia and that, but it has worked in the past. So I'm not, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and be like Pozzo's out or anything. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just going back to your, your original point there, I thought that the crowd was quite, well, the home crowd was quite flat. It was quite a scrappy game. We couldn't get a hold on the game at all. Even when we took the lead, 25 minutes in, um, I think it was uh, King had not long hit the post. Uh, brilliant effort by King. So um, we win a corner. Tom Cleverley swings it in, pinpoint accuracy. And there it is, that man again, Emmanuel Dennis for his seventh goal of the season. I really think this guy is going to beat Odionigalo's record in the Premier League for us. I can't remember off the top of my head how many Odionigalo got in the Premier League for us. But he's, 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 well, firstly, he's going to get double figures. He's only three goals off it. So it would take quite a monumental sort of slip up from um, from Emmanuel Dennis to not reach double figures. But he, I think he will beat Adi Onigalo's record. But the, the ball, firstly, and then the finish, it just shows going forward, we really are a threat this season. What a ball. Um, that that cross from Tom Kelly made that goal because um, you could see Dennis didn't really have to do much work for it. He didn't have to make a run or anything. He, he just found Emmanuel Dennis in so much space. It was in between the two centre halves. To be fair, I'd, if I was Brentford, I'd be really annoyed with the defending there Shocking because defending. it was zonal marking, wasn't it? But the, the two centre halves there was too far apart, which left Emmanuel Dennis basically just standing on the six yard box with so much space. It just took a pinpoint accuracy cross from Tom Cleverley, which was just superb. Just fell on his head. All he needed to do was just get it on target, back of the net, 1-0. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, uh, absolutely brilliant goal from uh, from Emmanuel Dennis. I'm just trying to find out how many goals Igalo got for us that season. But, That's um, a big statement from you as well. But I do think, I, I see where you're coming from. And I think he could. If he carries on at this um Right. Um, what have we? How many games into the season are we now? Um, it must be about 14, 15, 14, 14 15. He's got 15, seven yeah. goals this season. A goal every two games is averaging at the moment. So, what would you say, end of the season? He could easily hit 18, 19 this season if he carries on at this rate. Yeah, well, I've just found it as as you've been speaking there. Adiano Gallo got 16 goals for Watford in the Premier League in 37 appearances uh, and we're actually 16 games into the season and he's so versatile as well it's not like he's just playing through the middle he, he's playing out of position for the team as well but when I say out of position he's quite happy to play out on the left or out on the right or through the middle and we we saw that he rotates all the time with Josh King um, and, and that's what I think causes problems with defence because they don't know how to track him 
They're so quick as well. You saw Emmanuel Dennis Friday night. He was running through the players just to try and close the ball back, try and win the ball back. He's aggressive and he's horrible to play against because it it would give you a little kick as well, just to let you know that he's there as well. And I love that about him. Um, you, you need your centre forward to be aggressive, and it's working. Yeah, and as well, Ben. I, I, again, I think this was you that tweeted this on the uh, the podcast account. Um, it looks like he's not actually in contention to go to the Afghan. It looks like there's two other players ahead of him for Nigeria. Yeah, exactly. Um, it looks like there's two other players ahead of him. So, although one of the players mentioned, I did see a few comments back to say that um, to say that the player in question is injured, uh, but still his name isn't being mentioned. So, fingers crossed. Um, the guy who was injured plays for Napoli and they tweeted the day we um, put that tweet out of that he was back in tra- training as well so that does put Emmanuel Dennis down a pecking order still which is which is brilliant because we really I mean, can't afford to let him go to Africa in January especially with the form we're in at the moment the only way we're going to get out of his rut is by scoring more goals in the opposition and we need Emmanuel Dennis in the team to do that because uh, we can't keep clean sheets <laughs> No, well, I think it's the longest run, um, the, the longest run in the four t- top tiers of English football team gone the longest without cons- uh, keeping a clean sheet. I what think was that stat? 20- the last um, clean sheet was when we had was like five managers ago in the Premier League. So yeah, we've had five managers since since the last clean um, sheet. Last clean sheet in the Premier League, it's got to be surely. Because we we had quite a few shutouts in the uh, in the championship. Claudio Ranieri, Cisco, Hayden Mullins, Nigel Pearson. Which is would it be Kiko Sanchez Flores before that then? Um, I or think Hayden it's Kiko Sanchez Flores that got the clean sheet nil nil. Of course, it was United. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I think it was a nil nil against Sheffield United. I was at that game. Uh, it was Boxing absolutely day. horrendous. I went all that way and it was nil-nil. Um, I think Danny Welbeck scored. Yeah, yeah. Welbeck was one and one with a keeper. And then Gray should have squared it to him, but he didn't. And then Craig Dawson had a header right at the ends, which Dean Henderson was pretty much equal to. So, yeah, it, <laughs> when, when, you, when you say it out like that, that is a long time that we've not kept the clean sheet in the Premier League. And, I think this is what um, we were architects of our own downfall. Even when we took the lead 1-0, we didn't look like a team that had it under control. I wasn't sat there thinking, right, we've got that goal now. Happy days. We're looking control. Let's, you know, let's build on this. Yes, I was sitting there thinking, let's build on this. But um, it, it just wasn't wasn't the case whatsoever. It was still... You know, didn't look... I thought first half was was okay and as an away performance going in one nil at half time limiting um, Brentford to chances from outside the box I thought Watford did okay um, first half it's just second half well second half I say from a 55th minute really it's, it's when the substitutions happened that's when it kind of played into Brentford's hands a little bit more because the substitutions it wasn't like like for like replacements were they and I think well, that's what kind of let us down. But Ben, it, you're looking at it, it's squad depth. It's what we've got available at the moment, sir. 
Yeah, well, let's talk about those substitutions. Obviously, as you mentioned there, we went 1-0 in, in the break, in into the break, 1-0 up. And you'll absolutely take it, regardless of how you play. Um, first substitution, 58 minutes on the clock. Tom Cleverley com, comes off and João Pedro comes on. It's quite an attacking change. Was you happy with that substitution, Ben? Or do you think maybe you should have sacrificed another midfielder or it should have been more like-for-like or... What was your thoughts when when that substitution was made? Um, wasn't pleased because I thought Cleverly was the one who was giving us energy in the midfield. He, he was trying to start the press and close everyone down. And I would have personally taken off Kushka, like we've said about at the start of the game. I was surprised that he even started, but he must have gave Claudio Ranieri a good impression during training or his cameo when he came on against Manchester City. Um, but I would have liked to maybe brought on. Um, Imran loser if you were taking off Tom Cleverley only just to try and short out that midfield a little bit more I thought it was a bit too attacking if anything because you know what Jao Pedro is going to come on it's his first thought when he gets the ball is to get the ball forward and I think against Brentford I don't think you need to do that I think they were making it difficult for us we needed to try and shore it up a little bit and I know that's silly when we're saying we haven't had a clean sheet since what five managers go in the Premier League and we needed to shore it up. But I felt like Claudio Ranieri, he felt the only way we was going to win that game is if we carried on scoring. So I can see where he's coming from, but it backfired massively because then we lost that extra person in midfield. We lost that guy who was pressing, who was trying to get closer to a ball, picking up the second balls and it backfired. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm in agreement now. I, I probably would have bought Kushka off and, you know, maybe t- tried to not sit on the league. You never want to watch your team sit on a one. Yeah. Never, 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 never. But just to short the midfield, as you said, you know, I would have quite happily have seen loser come on and at least, you know, keep that sort of, you know. Well, um, I would have just, what I would have done is not do a change yet. Um, I would have carried on playing the same people for a bit longer, wait to the 65th minute, the 70th minute. That's what I would probably have done. Um, yeah, it just wasn't ideal, was it, mate? No, not at all. And then 76 minutes on the clock. This one was the one that really sort of, um, really, this is a problem with the visual now, Ben. You can't get away with stuff like this, mate. So for those that aren't <laughs> watching the visual and are just listening on the podcast, Ben's decided to just go and get something from behind his chair. Uh, I've got to get the charger this... because it just came up saying I've got 5% left. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll just ramble on for a bit. Don't worry. Uh, but, yeah, no, I totally agree with what you're saying there, Ben. And I think the next substitution was, you know, a real, real, um, at the time, a real head scratcher for me. Yes, maybe highlights the lack of depth that we've got at the moment. But I was just... <laughs> Not surprised because he's been out injured for a while, but the second substitution, 76 minutes on the clock, and Chucho Hernandez was a man that made way, and Ken Semmer, come on, for his first appearance in God knows how long, um, he's, he's been injured for, for quite some time. But when he come on, um, I know I don't want to be too harsh on him because he I think he had quite a, quite a bad injury because he, he was out for quite a bit. But he he just didn't look he didn't look at the races to me. 
he didn't look like a player that was ready to come back regardless of how long it might have been for or regardless of how he might have been out for. He just didn't look at the races. Is that something you'd, you'd agree with, Ben? Or am I being too harsh? Or it, it just really shocked me how out of... I don't want to say out of shape, but how out of sorts... He, he didn't look right, basically. To make, yeah, to sum it up, he looked like a guy who's just came back from injury and hasn't played football for a very long time because he, he looked rusty as hell. Um, but I think he only started full training at the start of the week. I was so surprised when he came on as well because there was other options on the bench. You you had Imran Loser, you had um, Fletcher. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, then. We, we don't have too many. <laughs> but <laughs> Ken Temmer coming on after an injury as well, he needed to get back up to speed and I don't think he was offering much when he came on. And I think he was just running around just to keep warm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, We've we mentioned a few players who we, we thought weren't at the races at all or weren't great or anything like that. But someone I do want to give credit to, who I thought was brilliant, Kiko Feminier. The, the amount of times we've said on this podcast, sometimes he doesn't look like he's a defender because he's quite attacking. And we, we have praised him as well. But Kiko Feminier on Friday night for me, Ben, was, <clears throat> excuse me, voice is probably going now from, that Christmas do last night, but Kiko Feminier, <laughs> Kiko Feminier was the, the, the man that I thought was the, I don't want to say, yeah, maybe best of the bad, best of a bad bunch. Yeah, well, I thought he did well. Uh, it's hard to pick a man in a match when you come out losing 2-1, and I don't think anyone really stood out massively. Um, Dan Batman made some good saves in goal. Um, lost so he his head at the end, though. Massively lost his head at the end. I don't know what he was doing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Kiko, good recovery runs. Um, just what you needed when we was getting caught out of the back with a bit of pace and they was getting in behind, but there was Kiko charging in to get the ball back, putting out for a throw, getting the ball up the field. So, yeah, I see what you're doing. Uh, you, you've done by selecting him. I thought Ngakia did okay. Um, it's difficult for a right-back to play at left-back. We've got to remember he's a right-back and he played at left-back. He, he did an alright job. I don't think he set the world alight, but he, he did an okay job. And I think at the moment, an okay job is better than the performances we've seen at left-back in the last two performances. Yeah, I, I remember a couple of occasions Ngakia playing at left-back last season and I think we touched on it on the podcast and... <sighs> It, it wasn't something we wanted to see. So the fact that that happened again, I was a bit like, I had flashbacks to last season when he was playing at left-back and didn't have the, the best of games. But yeah, I thought Kiko Feminier was the best of a bad bunch. Um, I, I thought he was he was probably the, the, the one that stood out for me. Um, in Emmanuel Dennis. Well, I mean, yeah. Other than the obvious ones, I should have said. Emmanuel Dennis... He's setting the world alight at the moment. He's he's got a lot of heads turned as well. You know, any time I speak to my mates about football, it's that Emmanuel Dennis looks good, I and mean, it's all about Emmanuel Dennis. Um, he's getting more recognition in the mainstream media as well. Um, so, unfortunately yeah, for us, trying to get mates come up to you and be like, oh, "Emmanuel Dennis is all right." It's like, yeah, told you. Yeah, <laughs> and they all say <laughs> the same thing. You won't keep hold of him for very long, and I'm thinking, yeah, you might be right. Um, 
But in true Watford fashion, you know, we we were still one nil up. You know, couldn't still really get a, a foothold in the game. Um, last ten minutes, we going into it, and they get an opportunity. The ball goes in, and I think it was Charlie Good in the end that was the one that uh, bundled it in. Eighty three minutes on the clock. This is where I mean with, with Dan Batman losing his head. What he was moaning about, like I think someone went to get the ball and maybe pushed Backman, and he was on the floor for ages. He, he, it was it was embarrassing for me. I'm like, they showed you a replay, and all that happened was he was pushed over, and I'm like, right, what what's the problem here? Why are you down? What's Why have the trainers come on? Why does it look like Rob Elliott might have to warm up and come up? Like all it, all all that happened was he was pushed over. And I just thought he lost his head massively. And then after the goal, um, there was a throw-in and someone stood on his toe and he, he lost his head again. And i tell you what it reminded me of a little bit. Remember that crazy few, that, that crazy spell he had away at Luton where he conceded the penalty. He, he lost his head. He was like... A Why, are you, penalty Why are you reminding us? <laughs> I don't... I, he, he, he's just... I, there was no need to lose his head like he did. Um, obviously, Brentford got that equaliser. The crowd started, you know, really G and Amana and sort of getting behind them. And then the dreaded thing that all fans hate to see when it's 1-1 and the crowd are behind the team, uh, the home team, that substitution board was held aloft and it was five minutes on there. And I was like, oh my God. Five minutes. I thought, right, I thought we could very easily lose this. I've seen Watford do some things in my time. Yeah, <laughs> I tweeted at the start of it. Yeah. I tweeted at the start of the match on my personal account. Don't be Watford tonight, please, Watford. It'll ruin my weekend. And the amount of tweets, the amount of likes that it's still getting to this day, and the amount of replies that it's got as well, I was like, typical. <laughs> The moment that I really didn't want to start speaking about, but I knew I'd have to again because we're reviewing it on here. And I'm going to... I don't want to fully... I do want to don't. I, I could really, like, reel off my annoyances with the man. But I feel like it just opened a can of worms. And I just want to talk about it and get it over with. <laughs> Truce <Trusa> Punk <laughs> thought, I know what I'll do. He's in the box. Yeah, he might square it across and they might get a tap in. Make a block. Make, do, do whatever you need to do as a defender. Maybe body him. Maybe usher him out so he plays the ball out. Maybe get your body in the way. Nah, nah. Not just a can't. Nah, 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 nah. He's thinking <laughs> what I'm going to do here is 94 minutes on the clock. We've got one minute left to play. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to get the player. Uh, and I'm going to completely fuck up Watford's chances of getting a, getting any points whatsoever. I mean, when that goal at one one went in, I was I was so annoyed because I thought we should not be settling for a point here. And then Trusta Congos and flies in like that, gives away a penalty, um, and then and Bueno scores the the resulting penalty in the 95th minute, and they win the game two one. Ben, I, I don't want to stay on the subject too much, but. What the hell, man? Like, he wouldn't get a shirt for my Saturday team, Schuster Kong, at the moment. Let alone yeah. Watford. 
it, it's annoying. It's frustrating. It's it angers me watching it. I, I've watched it back just before we recorded, and I, I don't know why I've just watched Poor it soul. back because <laughs> my blood's boiling uh, after seeing that. Like you said, you just need to stand your ground. You just need to stay on your feet. Usher him to the byline. Looking at it, it looks like he slid to try and block the ball as a cross. And then the attacker's taken another step where Trucy Cons... It's just clumsy. Yeah, really yeah, clumsy. Yeah, clumsy's the word. And uh, what annoyed me so much about it is he put in a really good shift that game. Yes, He, he yes. was much better. 93 minutes of the game, he was really good. And that's probably the best we've seen of him all season. But he's let himself down and the teammates down with a moment of stupidity. That's all it is. Like His head's gone for that moment. You don't do that in a game, especially in the dying seconds, minutes of the game to a team that you're You don't do that in the 50th minute. Nah. Let alone the 94th minute. And like you said... I just feel feel like he's just let himself down there because he did a really good performance and then he he just did that. It's like true Seacorn out true Seaconned himself with that stupidity. And he's just... He's just error prone at the moment. Um, he, he, like we said against the Chelsea game, he tried too hard in that game. It felt like, like it's he's in a sticky patch at the moment where we're struggling for defenders. Our defenders are they're not fit. Um, our the two fit defenders we got at the club is Craig Cathcart and William Trusicon. I imagine if there was another defender who was more fit, Ranieri would make the change and take. Trucy con out the firing line. And unfortunately, that's not been able to happen because the players aren't fit enough to replace him at the moment. I know Christian Cavaselli was training last week. He was named on the bench, but supposedly he picked up a knocking training on Thursday. And that's yeah, why he wasn't included. And he didn't do the warm-up um, for the match either, even though he was included on the bench. So that's the dilemma that Claudio Ranieri's got at the moment. He's, he's got a, a defender who's causing mistake after mistake in each game but he's got no one to replace him um, so you've got to feel sorry for Trucy Con that he's, he's not getting taken out of the firing line and you've got to feel sorry for Claudio Ranieri and the attackers in the football club who are putting in some, us in positions to win and draw games Yeah I mean um, we, we, we have got some questions uh, in a bit from, from, the, the, from the listeners but one that I wanted to just bring up now um, because it's relevant to what we're talking about, uh, quite scarily accurate, actually. Um, Alan Tarrant said, do you think the hate that William Trusicone is facing online at the moment is going to help the situation, seeing as we currently have no fit replacement for him? As, as you've just said, you know, prior to injuries, he was being benched off bad performances, but the, the, he's out of form, but he's still having to play because we haven't got anyone else. Do you think... That, yeah. Do, do you think that he's reading stuff? Uh, you know, obviously he's quite active. He's got a YouTube channel. Granted, it, it's not as forced down your throat as Ben Foster's is, but God. do you think that this, you know, he'll, he'll see all of this or do you think, no, like, he just, he, he doesn't bother reading it. Do you think he knows he's in for a shit time if he was to come on social media, basically? I think I think he'll know what the fans are feeling. Look, his family, um, his, his missus, is Watford. Her parents are Watford. He used to have a season ticket at Watford, didn't he? 
Um, even if you don't see it, I imagine there's people telling him that there's well, there's a bit of grumblings going on on Watford Twitter. Oh, yeah, don't, don't, don't do hashtag Watford FC. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's difficult. The first thing that players do nowadays when they come off after they find a whistle, they sit in a dressing room, they probably get their phone straight away and they go on and they search their own names. I know we've heard about this before where like the younger players would do it. I imagine Trucy would as well because but he's, he's a captain of Nigeria. He's taken a lot of criticism from their fans as well. And I, I imagine that he cares about his performances. And I would care about my performances. If I was playing for Watford, I would want to know how I'm doing and how the fans were feeling towards me. So even if I was playing bad, I'd want to know how I'm doing so I can try and rectify that. I know you'd want to rectify it anyway, but you, you're playing for the fans in a football club. You're playing for the shirt and the fans. You want to impress them. Um, so what the fans... Fear, uh, feel or say that would matter to me um, so I think Truth Econ would be taking note of everything that players are saying um, I know I was I was a bit drunk Friday night um, and I, I put out a tweet saying I can't wait for the African Cup of Nations but <laughs> reflecting on it I, maybe the Nigerian manager might not even select Truth Econ so we're still going to be left with it I don't know he's a captain isn't he it's not very good at the moment. <laughs> no, that's true. I mean, like you said, you know, he, he, he'll want to... I mean, this sounds ridiculous because every footballer will want to, but because of his ties with Watford, you know, I think yeah. his father-in-law is a, a season ticket holder in the rookery. You know, he goes back to that old saying, play for the name on the front of the shirt and they'll remember the name on the back. So I do want to say something quickly, to, though, I saw something on Twitter the other day and I, I didn't like it. Like, Trucy Con seems like a really nice guy, nice, genuine guy. Um, yeah. He would do a lot for the fans and, and for maybe just random people in the streets. I, I think a Watford fan asked for a signed Watford shirt of Trucy Con and then they ended up ripping it after his performance, putting it all over social media. And I just think that's bang out of order. At the end of the day, yeah. Trucy Con is just like you and me, he's a person. Um, He's got feelings, and to do that is disrespectful. Like, yeah, you can say that he's crap or something. He's shit performance. We, this is what the podcast is all about. We have our opinions on how players play, and we say you were shit. You should have done better. Like, we want to see an improvement. Uh, like, us as fans have the right to do that. But to get a shirt that Truth Econ's maybe sent to you, got it signed, and then rip it up and put it on social media, behave. Uh, the the interesting thing about that is that uh, tweets did surface or resurface. Sorry, it was the promotion season, and I think a couple of people had asked for signed shirts, like when we got promoted. And I think players, because of the buzz around the club, and because it was coronavirus and fans weren't allowed in, they were sort of going the extra mile and they were sending them out. And this guy, I can't, I can't think of who it was that tweeted it, but this guy they've, they've had, deleted it now, haven't they? Yeah. He'd tweeted Truce to Kong saying, can I have a signed shirt? And Truce to Kong sent one out. He didn't have to do that. He sent one out. As you say, you know, as a, as a bloke, he seems a genuine guy. He seems a lovely guy. Um, he didn't have to send it out. But obviously, he sent it out. And then, like you say, to rip it up and put it all over social media. There's just no need for it. As you said as well, everyone's got their opinions. You might think he's good. You might think he's crap. Uh, one thing, you know, we, we, we obviously always have a say on it because of the podcast. One thing we will never do, though, is if we do talk about it and whether it's uh, we put, you know, we used to put snippets out of, of audio that we'd said and 
Hopefully they'll be coming back soon as well, by the way. Um, but we would never tag a player in it. If we've said something about a player and we put it on social media, we would never tag a player in it. No way. You know, or attack the person it, it, personally as well, like we've seen before with like so Danny Rose and bringing up the weight issues as well. It's it's just uncalled for, and I think it's easy for people to say things like this on social media now, isn't it? When too easy. Uh, it, not to go off on a tangent, but it's too easy to get an account. I could, if I wanted to, right now, I could open whilst I'm on this podcast. I could open Twitter. I could create a new account. And I could call myself whatever, and they'd have no links back in terms of address, who I actually am, anything like that. If I create a betting website, uh, if I create an account on a betting website, they ask for your ID to make sure you're old enough. On your ID, you've got all your date of birth, you've got your address, everything. Why can't they put those steps in places on those steps in place? Sorry, on social media, it's one thing that baffles a life out of me. There's too many people getting away with stuff, you know? And, yeah, I think that's another, obviously, another topic for another day. But as you say, it's you're absolutely bang on there, Ben. But, unfortunately, it was a 2-1 defeat for us at Brentford Community Stadium. Not a good, uh, well, I was going to say first trip then, but it wasn't the first trip because we played there last season. But not a good first trip to Brentford Community Stadium in the Premier League. I think it was the first Premier League meeting between the two sides as well. Uh, and which generally tends to do all right against Brentford. So, um, really, really not good at all. I was so, so angry when I was, um, after that final whistle had gone, so, so angry. And it sort of, well, definitely put a damper on my night and my evening. And I, I said to the Saturday lads when I was doing the team talk, because there's no pressure, lads, but it, please go and win because of what I had to witness last night. Uh, thankfully, we did. So, that sort of cheered me up a little bit. But, yeah, a real, real big opportunity missed. Um, Burnley next. Is it Burnley? Yeah, Burnley next on Wednesday. Yeah, on. Wednesday on BT Sport. Yeah, um, if you go in, then that's for you. That is for you. If you go in, that is for you. Um, it's yeah. I, <laughs> I to be honest, Turf Moor is one I've wanted to do for a while. But on a Wednesday night, travelling from most will be travelling from Hertfordshire area then hats off to you. Real, really, really mean that. And a Bre- um, Turf Wars, not exactly a happy hunting ground for us either. I, I can't recall us winning there in recent years. Um, and so, yeah, hats off we to you. We won in but... the Prem, didn't we? Um, was it Will Hughes? Uh, ah, 2 0. Gray, Troy Deeney. 3 0, sorry, yeah. Yeah, so that's the only time I can remember in recent years us winning. That's. Yeah, completely forgot about that. And that was the season after we could not score away from home. And then the next season we went and scored away from home. So we scored three times. But yeah, um, real, real big, big opportunity missed there to, to pull clear of the relegation zone. Um, Newcastle losing today 4-0 to Leicester. And Norwich losing 1-0 to Manchester United. Uh, Burnley drew 0-0 with West Ham. Very good result for Burnley, that is actually. So, teams below us, not taking any ground on us. Burnley have got two games in hand because their game with Tottenham was postponed. Uh, I don't know where the other one's, uh, what the other game is, but um, no one made ground on us. So, a real, real big opportunity missed, purely because we could have pulled away. Um, Southampton lost 4-0 as well, so goal difference there, would have took a hammer in. 
So that's why it's such a big opportunity missed. We have to go into Burnley game. We, we just have to erase that as quickly and as much as we can. And then go into the Burnley game, praying and hoping that we can get something. I, I know I've just said a big opportunity missed, but would it, if you offered me a point at Turf Moor, would I take it? Probably. Well, you, you, you nod in there, Ben. Um, you're in agreement there, surely, yeah? Yeah, like you said, we don't it's have a great funny. record at Burnley. Um, I take anything, anything but a defeat at um, Burnley. But Burnley, I know they're below us in the table at the moment. They they make it difficult for any side to go there. Um, they make you not play the style of football you want to play because at Burnley, they they change it. They make it difficult. They make it aggressive. They make it physical. They make it horrible for opponents to arrive there and their fans are pretty decent as well and get on top of you as well and make it difficult for you to to play your football. Sean Dyche knows what he's doing. We've, we've seen what Sean Dyche does. Um, we've had him at Watford for a long time and we have a lot of respect for Sean Dyche because he did a good job for Watford under a shoestring budget. Um, but it's going to be very difficult against Burnley. Um, I, I know they're in the bottom three at the moment, but they tend to start seasons really poorly and then they pick up a bit of momentum and move up the table. So I am worried for Wednesday. I think our performance against Brentford is it's going to be difficult to get out of the heads of the players, especially losing it so late on. Um, and I don't think we're going to have any new players back from injury either because I think there was... I think Cabasilli was the only one who was maybe edging back. I know Sirielta was starting to do some outside work as well, but I don't think it's it's, it's a game too early for them to be playing as well. So we, we're left with the same pool of players that we had for Wednesday, Friday night. Mm. It's going to be difficult. I'll, I'll take a point as well, mate. The only advantage we've got is we've had two more days rest than Burnley. Um, and I can bet your <laughs> bottom dollar, stick your mortgage on, Sean Deutsch saying that if we were to win. That is that will be his excuse. And in fact, I reckon he'll say it in the build up to the press conference. I love Deutsch. I thought he was brilliant for us, as you said, Ben, shoestring budget, did everything. But recently it's just turned into a bit of a moaning sod. And everything's like nothing's his fault. Everything's against him in the world. Um that's the only grumble I have about Deutsch. Um, only affecting it. Yeah, I, I can I can guarantee that he will say it's unfair that they've they've had two days extra, um, or one day extra, or however, whatever. Uh, I can guarantee he'll say that. Just looking at our record now at Burnley, we've won one game in twelve at Burnley. Um, that seven four win, the famous one where Chopper scores four or he scored a hat trick, that was at Turf Moor as well, which I forgot about. Um, but yeah. One win in 12. So, really, really isn't a, a happy hunting ground one for one football. One on Wednesday. <laughs> That's nice and positive there, then. Cheers, mate. Um, <laughs> what we're going to do, we haven't done this for a while. Um, we're gonna, we have had some questions coming to us on, uh, on social media. Oh, we've got loads, mate. Fair play to we everyone did. for getting them in. Love the interaction with everyone. So, yeah, thank you for getting them in. Absolutely. We're going to get through as many as we can. So if your question isn't read out, I do apologise because uh, my battery is running low. I'm recording this on my phone, but it should be Bye fine. Sure, um, the joys <laughs> the joys of uh, of recording via your phone, I suppose. Um, I'm a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to stuff like that. But 
let's keep it with the the, the theme we've just said as we uh, you know we've got Burnley coming up on Wednesday we've had a question from James um who's a regular listener James Hurst I believe his name is how many points do you think we will get in the next four matches uh, as unlikely as it is if we actually sign a competent centre back and left back do you think we'll stay up so two questions there from him so in the next four games how many um how many points do you think we'll pick up the next four games? Because you're probably wondering who they are. You might be scrambling to have a look, Benny. If I know you, no, uh, I've, I've got, got them. Here, mate. Oh, you got them! Happy days. Yeah, I, I was scrambling trying to get them there, <laughs> uh, which is why I rambled on a little bit. Um, Burnley away, at home, Wolves away, and then West Ham at home. How many? Uh, how many points we taken from that, Ben? Four points. Um, and where are those four points coming from? I'd love to say more, but uh, when I say four points, I'm like, I'm even thinking, where are these four points going to come from? <laughs> um, I think I think Burnley's going to be difficult, but I'd like to think we've got a draw. It'll be a score draw because, you know, we can't keep clean sheets. Um, so I'm going to say a point at Burnley. And then I'm going to go for a three points out of maybe Palace at home, but I know they picked up a really good victory today against Everton and Conor Gallagher's on fire and scored an unbelievable goal. They second goal today. So um, I'm going to go with, yeah, four points out of the first two games. And then I, I think we'll struggle to get anything at Molyneux at Wolves. They always make it difficult. And then uh, West Ham as well. West Ham are unbelievable under David Moyes. I think at the moment, end of season now, I think it'd be manager of the season um, because yeah. the work he's doing at West Ham is outstanding. I think he'll come to Watford as well and make it hard for us to get something. But then again, Vickers Road, we look a little bit better at Vickers Road at the moment. We did well against Manchester United at home. The atmosphere against Chelsea was brilliant as well. So who knows, maybe we'll get a shock result and maybe that'll end up being seven points. But yeah, four at the moment. Four points at the moment. I'm going to go... I, I thought to start with, you were going to say that we were going to draw all four of them. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go... Now, the last time I tried to predict this, it didn't go very well. The only thing I got right was that we were going to beat Manchester United. I'm going to say... I'm going to say four points as well. But I'm going to say we're going to win at Burnley. We're, we're going to do the spectacular. We're going to win at Burnley and we'll draw at home to Palace. We do love a draw at home to Palace usually. Um, and then Wolves Wolves worry me. Um, they, they, Bruno Large has uh, done a, a brilliant job there. And then West Ham worry me as well because, um, yeah, West Ham are just West Ham, aren't they? That's on Amazon Prime as well, by the way. Um, for anyone that's wondering about the the um, fixtures over the festive period, so yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with you with four points, but that's where my four points are coming from. I'm gonna win at Burnley and then draw at home to Crystal Palace. We um, need to win at then, Burnley as well, especially with them directly underneath us. So yeah, I'll be happy with that. Massive. That'd be massive. Um, and then his other question was: um, as unlikely as it is, if we sign a competent centre back or left back. Do you think we will stay up? I, I do. And I, I do think we will stay up this season. I, I know it's difficult to look at that after the performance against Brentford. But I still have faith. I've, I've seen the performances at Hype Vicarage Road lately and I, I'm encouraged 
I, I just think we need to sort out that back line. So I agree with James. If, if we get in a decent centre-half, I don't even think a decent centre-half. We just need a centre-half that can defend. Uh, we haven't really got that at the moment. A, a, a decent left-back as well. I don't think we... It's going to be difficult to get in a really good defender in January um, because not many other clubs will want them to leave. So I, th- I think we're going to be signing someone who's maybe a fringe player from a top top a top side, or we'll be signing someone from a division below. Um, I, I don't think we're going to be getting like top draw defenders in this uh, transfer window. It's going to be difficult, but yeah, I have hope. I think we'll we'll stay up this season. I think Claudio's the right man for us. I'm I'm not. I don't want him to lose his job. I, I even think if we lose like the next three games, I still want Ranieri there because I, I can see what he's trying to do, and he won't be able to get the results until we bring in a defender or two mm. defenders at left back and centre half. So it's difficult, and it's a shame we've got what four games until January, and then. When January comes, it's January the first against Spurs. So that's probably going to be ruled out a new incoming for that as well. Then you've got the FA Cup game, um, so and then it's um, January fifteenth against Newcastle. When I reckon we'll probably have one or two new additions then, and that's when you're going to maybe start to see us being a bit more solid at the back. Um, so yeah, I, I'm confident. Yeah, I, I think we'll stay up as well. People are probably listening to this thinking. Are these two pits? Uh, yeah. I can assure you uh, there is no alcohol near me. Um, not this time. No, not this time. Wait for the Christmas special. Uh, that's all I'll say. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement. And there, there's a couple of people here suggesting that. Uh, I mean, Caroline said, with our current lack of fit defenders, do you think it would be worthwhile recalling Matty Pollock back from his loan at Cheltenham? And. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, we, we're struggling at the moment, but I think it would be too much of a step up for him. I know there'll be people sitting there listening to this thinking, but Truster Kong isn't, you know, he, he's crap. So anything will do. I mean, there was a, a reply to that question from someone else saying, Truster Kong's got to the position where Ellington and Gray were before. It doesn't matter what he does, his confidence is shot. He needs to be taken out for his own good. Recall, recall Pollock, play Kushka there to do something... Um, to protect him. So, would you bring Pollock back? The thing is, we won't be able to recall him until January anyway. Um, and that's when yeah. Watford are looking for new additions. So, we'll be looking for an experienced centre half. I've heard it's going to be like an ex- experienced defender uh, and for left back as well. So, I think it would be silly to maybe recall Pollock because we've got Serielta coming back from injury and Cooley's meant to be returning in January time as well. So Pollock, what, recall him to sit on the bench, sit in the stands? When he's he's playing week in, week out at Cheltenham, he's doing well, he's scoring goals from set pieces. So I think it would be a bit disruptive for Pollock's... Um, uh, what's the word? Development. development. Development, that's the word. Sorry, I completely went out the window. <laughs> yeah, for his development, I think it would just just shot his confidence as well to come back, sit on the bench, sit in the stands. He's not going to start, is he? Um, let's be honest. But I, I would like to see him see out the season at Cheltenham. And then I think next season would be another step up for him where maybe we look to get him at a, a championship side. Maybe what? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, you mentioned his scoring goals at Challenge. Scored an own goal at the weekend or in the week, I think. Uh, but other than that, he's been doing uh, he's been doing well. Nicely, then. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing as well, just off the back of you saying that Watford, uh, you think will stay up. George White, another regular listener, actually says on a scale from one to ten, how do you see our chances of staying up? George is actually a three. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I just thought I'd mention I can that. see why it's three. Uh, there's lots of negativity about at the moment. There would be after watching that performance because it it wasn't great. And when you look at Ranieri's record since he's came in at Watford, we've conceded the most goals in in the league. What has he played like seven, lost five, won two, or is, yeah, is that... or is it worse than that? Is it <laughs> um, so? It, I can see why, but I'm seeing something different and I can see what he's trying to build, like attacking going forward. We're really good. Um, it's just defensively. And if we can get to January and pick up four, five, maybe six points, I think that's a good return to get us to January and then we can kick on since then. Because like you ruled off earlier, results kind of went our way this weekend with the teams below us. So they've not really caught us up. I know Ben Burnley picked up a point, so they're one point closer to us, but we're still outside the bottom three. And if you offered me that at the start of the season, I'll take that. Yeah, we can't keep relying on other teams. So uh, as I'm sure your point is, that is your point. And it's a dangerous game to play in the Premier League. So we need to start picking up points wherever we can. Um, I'm just going to take two more questions from Twitter and then um, you can fire a few at me, Ben, from uh, from Instagram um, because you, you, you've got them from Instagram. One of the ones is from Andrew Corston and um, it's not relevant to Watford at the moment. Um, it's just a general Watford sort of question. Greatest assist in Watford history. Um, he's sort of given two. He says, Cowie for Doyley, uh, although I think Cowie's was actually a shot uh, that sort of ended up as a cross, uh, or Jonathan Hogg for Troy Deeney. You know, here's Hogg Deeney. Um, for me, I would say Marco Cassetti's chip over oh, Sandro when he's absolutely yeah, yeah. So what what do you think is a greatest assist? You know, what? I I forgot about that, and that, it was such a delicate chip, wasn't it? Forward and then. It was so slow, it was like slow motion, wasn't it, for it falling over, Vidrid watching it come over his shoulder, and then next minute, left foot, bang, uh, Michael couldn't move. Um, so I might even join you on that, but just to throw in another one, uh, it's got, for me, Guardiola at Pride Park um, to play in um, Igalo. Oh, yes. What a ball that to just curl it round. That was. Pinpoint accuracy. Um or if I'm going back to current years, Troy Deeney kicking it down the line for Sar to run on to to chip it over Allison. Ah, uh, yes, I like that. That was a <laughs> that was a brilliant ball outside of um, the foot as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I seem to remember Guardiola doing something similar against Middlesbrough as well for Troy Deeney the season we went up when we won two 0 It's just sort of just by the halfway line. He's just whipped it in. And Deeney was there at the back post, and uh, it was it was brilliant. Um, I'm surprised you didn't name one that Carlos uh, um, Paredes um, chipped in one with. Carlos Paredes, one of the yeah. one of the best debuts I've ever seen in a Watford shirt. Those that are watching this on YouTube will have seen me just try to turn it round so I can charge the phone, but he went horrifically wrong. So um, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> uh, you've got an upside down view of me there, uh, as if the, the, the normal view wasn't uh, bad. I think that was better, to be honest, mate. Put it back. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's uh, that's true. Uh, and then just ending the, the questions from Twitter, Chris Bone, another regular listener. Custard or cream with Christmas pudding, Ben? I'm not one for Christmas puddings, really. Um, oh. But if I was, it would be custard because uh, custard, I just love custard. Mate. I could eat a tub of it, just put it in the microwave and just sit there and it just, I could drink it, mate. Oh, man. It's got to be cream with um, a brandy cream, I think it is. I think that's what they call it. It's cream with a uh, Christmas pudding. Uh, no, I, don't really have, I don't really have pudding for Christmas, mate. Um, oh, mate it's if, so if it was, it might be like a festive cheesecake. Can't go wrong with cheesecake. Not at oh, all. Mate. So, thanks for those questions on Twitter. Uh, ben is going to fire some out from Instagram. Uh, ben, what's the, the first one that you've got? So there's there's, a, there's only a couple because we've, we've touched upon a few already and this mm. one came through here from Stanley.t17 and he, um, I think we touched upon this last week and just want your opinion on it, Mike. Is Dennis the signing of the summer? Not just for Watford, is, is it the Premier League signing of the summer? Um, for Watford, yes, absolutely. Um I think that's given away something in the Christmas special as well, but <laughs> uh, never mind. Um, uh, absolutely, um, without a shadow of a doubt. In terms of in the Premier League, I'm trying to think who's been signed. I mean, you'd automatically look at the likes of Grealish, you know, with £100 million. Damari Gray, possibly. Damari Gray as well, brilliant signing. Andros Townsend, good signing. Although Everton aren't really doing as well as they were at the start of the season. So, you could look at that now and say, well, maybe they're being a bit crap. Um, I would say in terms of shock factor, yes. Because we expected him and we hoped he was going to do well. But I don't think anyone expected him to do this well. So, I would go yes on both of those. Okay. Good. Um, Next question. Do you think there's a a better um, signing in the Premier League? I think I read an article the other day and um, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Dennis was in the top three. I think he was might have been joint top on the... They've worked it out on like goals and assists per game and obviously Emmanuel Dennis would be top. But then they put in how much he would be worth per point on his um, oh, right. price tag as well. Um, so and then Damari Gray, he, I think he costs less than Emmanuel Dennis, which was really ridiculous. It was like 1.7 million, I think, um, they signed Damari Gray for, and it's such a talent yeah. as well. And Everton have really got a bargain there. But Emmanuel Dennis, yeah, for his goal contributions, uh, he's up there with Mohamed Salah. He's the only one above him in the Premier League at the moment. There's only three players above Emmanuel Dennis in the top goal-scoring um, records in the Premier League this season so far. So, yeah, it's got to be Emmanuel Dennis for me. Um, he's been outstanding. And once again... The Pozzo's network, scouting network, it comes top draw. It's just a shame we can't find these talents going to fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Next um, question. Next, next question, and probably the last question, because um, the other ones we've covered already, um, from Oliver Tears 2. Um, if you could sign one player in January, who would it be realistically? So, Mike, you are the scouting network for Watford. You're in charge of Gino's money. Who would you go out and get? It's so, so tough in, in the January transfer window because no one's going to let go of the best players. Are I don't you looking think at maybe Premier League fringe players or are you looking abroad? 
I think we'd have to go abroad, I think. Um, I mean, one man that springs to mind purely because he's out of contract at the end of the season um, would be Tarkowski. Uh, but Same, this is a problem. If Newcastle stay up, those sort of signings, straight away, we're going to lose out. I don't think he'll come to a side like Watford. I think he can he, he can go to a better club. I think he oh, I think he would yeah. go really well at like Leicester. I think he would fit yeah. in like a glove there. Um, yeah. But I think ideally we'd like someone like James Tarowski. I think we could possibly end up with a Phil Jones. But <laughs> I think I would take him at the moment. I I, I was just going to say that I was having this conversation with a Man United fan earlier, and I said as as. As bad as like his highlights, highlight reel shows, his injury has really done him in in his career. He just needs regular game time, and I, I would possibly take Phil Jones. So, realistic wise, he's linked with Newcastle as well. I think realistic, like wise, everyone, yes. Yeah, that's true. I would say Phil Jones for the realistic, um, but the dream would be James Tarkowski. But as you say. Less, that's got Leicester written all over it. I think they tried to sign him before. Um, but yeah, that would be mine. Uh, and I assume that would be yours as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I've admired him for years and I think he's really good centre-half. And if you want someone commanding and good in a challenge, I think you would you would go look at him and bring him in. But I don't think he would come to Watford I think there's other suitors that would probably be more attractive to him um, would you want to come to a club who hasn't kept a clean sheet uh, for a long time probably not um, someone who's in a relegation battle with yourself no um, you would leave your club to try and get out of a relegation fight you wouldn't go join another club that would be in a relegation fight so yeah um... I'm just looking here as well on the free agents list on transfer market. And one name that springs to mind, and to be honest, I'm quite um, surprised that he, um, A, he's not been snapped up, and B, he's as young as he is. I say young, he's 30. I thought he was older. Is uh, Mangala, who used to be the centre-back for Man City. Uh, Didn't he end up? He, he's French centre-back. Uh, yeah, he's French, that's right. Uh, he's a he went over to Valencia and Seville, maybe. Uh, I don't know where... I, he went to Seville, I think. But um, he's a free agent. Winston Reid is a free agent. So he's got Premier he League was at Brentford last well. season, wasn't he? He got promoted with Brentford and then they released yeah. him. So. Um, i tell you another guy who I'd maybe go for, but I know he's he probably wouldn't come to us. I really like the look of Ogbonga at um, West Ham. I think he's a really solid defender. I think he, he probably won't cost much, but he's out injured at the moment. And when he has been playing, he's been starting alongside Kurt Zuma. But I think he's someone who, if he was maybe a bit further up the table and West Ham brought in another centre-half, I, I think he's someone that you could maybe bring in. Absolutely. Um, at the moment, they're having to do with Craig Dawson. And the fact that yeah, Craig Dawson him, might be... Hey, they're not too happy with Craig Dawson either. Well, yeah, that's uh, another subject for another day. But the fact that Craig Dawson might be coming up against Barcelona in the Europa League is like nuts, to put it frankly. Um, but yeah, some some interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in January. So yeah, it, it's 
yeah, I'm just hoping and praying that we we make the right signings and the Pozzos and Scott Duxbury are aware of the situation, which I'm sure they are. But um, yeah, it's been it's been brilliant. Being well, it, it's been as good as it can be talking about a defeat. Uh, I like to think that we've sort of smoothed it out a little bit with with the with the questions. Um, but yeah, and it's been brilliant having a visual as well. Uh, you, you get to see sort of what what goes on when we record. Uh, ben regularly leaving his seat, and me, I, I had to pop off and I tried charging my phone and all this, but. Yeah, no, we're going to try and start doing more visual stuff. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to leave it a like. Share this video with your friends. Subscribe. Drop us a comment. Let us know. Um, hit the subscribe button. I'm trying to think. How does trying to make sure I get tick, tick everything off. I'm trying to think. Ben Foster, what does he say? Um, turn on notifications as well. That's one. Straight out the YouTube handbook, that is. Um, the, the little bell button, you click that and you'll get notified whenever we upload. So going forwards, we're hopefully going to do more visuals. Uh, shout out to James as well. James couldn't join us, unfortunately. Uh, he's had his booster jab and he's been feeling unwell. So if you're watching or listening, James, uh, hopefully you feel better soon, mate. And uh, I'm sure he, he'll be delighted for the night off. He can probably watch some shit TV whilst, uh, whilst recovering. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, it's been brilliant. And like I say, it's not long until the Christmas special. Uh, we can't wait for that. We, we, we're trying to put things into place that will make it bigger and better than last time. And I think this week is pretty much going to be us trying to plan it all in and around work, obviously. Uh, us trying to plan the Christmas special, which will be another visual. Uh, and will include the, uh, the, the wearing of this jumper if you're not watching this and you're missing out big time make sure you are we doing the Christmas jumper special or is it just Christmas jumpers got it if you've got one Ben stick it on son stick it on I do have one but it's not watch related so it doesn't matter is that right am I allowed to join the party absolutely you are Uh, I can bring it well yeah everyone's going to be joining the party so more details of the Christmas special will be released in the coming days. So, yeah, like I say, if you're watching it, if you're listening to it, thank you so much. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for your support, as always. And we will be back on... We will probably be back on Sunday or Monday, hopefully Sunday evening, next Sunday, uh, to reflect on the Burnley game, hopefully three points there, like I've predicted, and then the Crystal Palace game as well. Fingers crossed. But yeah, till then, stay safe. Come on, you horns. Sports Social Podcast Network.